Welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind podcast. My name's Imran, TJ Sutherland, Dan Collicott. With new episodes released on the first and third Mondays of the month, catch Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind podcast at foreverinelectricdreams.com. Uh, welcome, friends. You're tuned in to another episode of the Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind podcast. Uh, we have uh, an excellent show for you today. My name is Imran. I'm joined uh, to my virtual left uh, by TJ Sutherland. How are you, sir? Hello. And to my virtual right is Daniel Collicott. How are you, sir? I'm not sure I like being on the right of anything <laughs> at the moment. On the far right is uh, <laughs> Dan You're both to my or are you on the alt right? I can't remember which one it is. <laughs> alt- <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, hello, hello. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, uh, yes, you are tuned into the Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind podcast. You can find us uh, at our home hub of uh, foreverinelectricdreams.com, where you can find uh, uh, the complete catalogue of these podcasts, as well as a series of written articles uh featuring our inane ramblings to support the inane ramblings on these audio podcasts so we'd love for you to check us out these are released on the first and third mondays of every month and uh, we look forward to your company on today's episode and future and past episodes too uh we have as we said a super cool episode uh to get through today we're discussing uh it's a tough one. Uh, the choice of wording, I think, is really intricate here because I wanted to say the version dominance. monopoly. The, well, dominance is probably the, the right word because I think monopoly is not the right word because if it was a monopoly, it would be illegal. So it, it, like they would have kiboshed certain things. But we are talking about the increasing dominance of Disney and their brand. Um, so just to set this up, if I may, uh, so over the last... 13 odd years in 2006 disney purchased pixar uh which is obviously home to the toy story franchise uh, monsters inc finding nemo in 2009 disney purchased marvel and their um obviously the mcu uh series of movies mm-hmm. that it stemmed from them yes joyous uh in 2012 disney purchased lucasfilm and uh, obviously that includes the entire Star Wars catalog and the since that purchase, the uh, arrival of five new Star Wars films at, at the current time. Is that correct? With the fifth on the verge of being um, released. Th- yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, sounds about right. So and then in 2019, Disney acquired 21st Century Fox. So as well as that catalog of news sites, news uh, uh, stations and things like that for uh, the earlier woohoo that we had as relates to the MCU, that means Disney now has uh, complete rights to X-Men and the Fantastic Four. So uh, that is a double woohoo and that is super cool. And finally, uh, as of this recording, we're mere weeks away from Disney unveiling uh their new streaming site their new streaming platform uh known as disney plus to rival the likes of netflix and various others so i also just heard some breaking news that they hired god as well um <laughs> they've got him under contract now that's and, right they purchased uh, heaven you're correct <laughs> they've, yeah they've, they've purchased that property so i mean you know they're, they're, 
the dominant streak continues. Yeah. I know, so that means, but that means just to just to pick up on that, that means the Bible is now going to be part of the MCU as well. So that's <laughs> it. <laughs> okay, I, I think we should stop at this point. <laughs> we're, going some, we're going in some deep religious waters. So, <laughs> just stop at this point. Um, so they've also purchased the rights to Back to the Future, haven't they? Because they've okay. got that. Um, Star Wars TV series, the the Mandy DeLorean. So, oh god, <laughs> god, how long have you been sitting on that? That's brilliant. I thought we'd just start things on a low, and then <laughs> things can only get better. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's, that's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's go let's turn to Tej first. What what does the the Disney brand, what, what does that bring out in you? What is that? Is it excitement? Is it uh, 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 you, do you oh, begrudge yeah, their success? <laughs> <laughs> what does the name bring uh, out for you? Disney are our overlords and they shall not be questioned in their <laughs> might and power. All hail one of us, one of us, one of us. Um, <laughs> no, um, I think... I don't know. I, I mean, you, you, you have to say that there's there's good and bad in it, isn't there? I mean, before, um, you know, I, I could Marvel and the MCU have been as big a global brand or phenomenon as it has been without the backing of Disney's, you know, infrastructure, support, money, whatever you want to call it. Uh, questionable um I, I i mean i'm not sure that that they could have gone as big as they as they have done uh or turned into to such a big juggernaut as they have um you know again on the flip side you look at what's happened with the star wars franchises controversially i don't mind the new batch of star wars films i know a lot of people will hate them <coughs> dan um and <laughs> I, um so you know a lot of people feel as though they've pretty much destroyed um, a lot of the good faith that the Star Wars franchise franchise had. Um, I don't don't know. As much as I hate the idea of uh, a monopoly or any one big company owning everything and, um, you know, because you look at it from that perspective, it, it then means that everything has to come under this kind of uh homogenized um type of product that fits within the the disney um mold if you want to call it right and you know they which then in turn leads to people not really taking too you know people can't take any risks you know how many risks realistically are there are they going to take with the Marvel films, not very many. Although, you know, you look at the stuff that Fox is doing with Deadpool and, you know, one of the biggest R-rated uh, movies of all time, that sort of thing. So you like to think that, you know, there's there's license there for them to maybe branch out a bit, but it's still all under Disney. So how far can those things really go? You know, who knows? So I don't know. I, I, I think that... To me, there's there's positives and there's negatives to it. Would I lo- I'd love it if Marvel was its own thing and Disney did their cartoons and they were their own thing and Fox, you know, went off and did, did their own thing and I'd love it if that was all true. But 
the reality is, is that we are where we are. Disney uh, running the show and, um, well, not running the show completely yet, but mm-hmm. they are definitely one of the biggest players out there. And I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's a slippery slope as well, isn't it? You know, they, they one minute they buy here, one minute they buy there. Next thing, you know, who would have said 20 years ago Fox was going to be bought out by, you know, a Disney or something like that? Yeah. It's yeah. it's staggering. So, you know, and who, you know, then you start thinking, who are they going to buy next? You know, are they going to look at Sony? Are they going to look at, um, actually, I don't even know who's left <laughs> um, for them to buy. But yeah, so it's a, it's a worrying trend, but I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's all bad, but it's, it's definitely not all fun mm. and sunlight either. Daniel, what does the name Disney kind of bring to you and and sort of their power moves over the last, say, 13 odd years that we just discussed? Well, I think I don't want to go into the whole Star Wars thing because uh, <laughs> that could be its own podcast. <laughs> try and make... Slightly... Oh, actually, can I just jump in? I, I kind of think in a way you're very entitled to go into it because it is all of those movies are as a direct result of that purchase. Do you know what I mean? So obviously okay. let's not go into the plot lines and things like that. Cause that's not necessarily <laughs> relevant, but you know, you, I think you are entitled to discuss that because it's directly related. No, no, I get you. And, and I'll return to that. But the, the, the first point I think I want to make the issue with Disney's dominance is that a lot of independent uh, filmmakers that have original concepts that aren't part of existing franchises or existing brands or reboots, reimagining, recreations of, you know, um, films and entities that already existed um, are almost just going to become, I mean, they were a dying breed before Disney had this monopoly. Um the, it's not that the, the, that creativity doesn't exist. It's not like there aren't people trying to make these films. I just think if they've constantly got to go up against um, X number of um, 100, you know, $200 million budget um, franchise blockbusters that Disney are releasing, you know, almost every other month now, it, it it's just sort of going to get to the point where the cinema experience uh, is purely now, it's purely blockbusters. It's purely um, all, the, all the various different franchises from, you know, uh, uh, from the MCU to Star Wars to, I mean, they, they own so many IPs now. And I think that can't be a good thing. It, it depends on what, what, what you expect to get out of cinema. You've been talking to Martin, Scars, uh, Martin Scorsese, clearly. <laughs> well, uh, no, it's not generally because I'm. I'm. He he's very critical of those films, whereas I'm not. I actually, no, you know, no, I, no, yeah, I, no, no. I, I yeah, I know what you're saying, but I I do tend. I prefer to spend money on films that are a you know, a, a blockbuster experience. I go I go to the cinema because you want the big screen, mm. you want the amazing sound and visuals, yeah. um, and, you you know, you, you want it to be an experience. So I kind of, you know, it's a double-edged sword with what I'm, how I'm presenting this. But I do also think, you know, as, as a horror fan myself, um, 
a lot of a lot of kind of suspense and horror films that don't necessarily tend to fall into this uh, blockbuster big money category. Don't get me wrong, there are films, but they always tend to be you know existing franchises and obviously stuff that's um, owned by Blumhouse, which is the the Disney equivalent on the horror, horror scene. But yeah, I, I just think that that that's the biggest worry for me is. You know, is the cinema experience going to be completely hijacked by films and IPs and franchises that, that Disney own and the, the more kind of interesting, new, independent um, films, and especially kind of, as I said, for me, horror films are going to just find it almost impossible to get widespread distribution. I mean, even now, I, I I lose track of the amount of films that I've wanted to go and see that have such a limited distribution that I've had to find some random independent cinema because cinemas like View or Odeon or Picture House, all, all the big, uh, you know, cinema franchises in the UK anyway, mm. they're only ever going to show the big Disney blockbusters especially in central London. And so you're already seeing um, a symptom of that. Well, uh, just a, that's a really good point. But I mean, to that point, you know, if it, it's a bit of a, like you say, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. It's like if those movie theatres don't decide to run those smaller indie titles, aren't they jeopardising, I'm playing devil's advocate here, Aren't they jeopardizing their, you know, potential to make money and potentially stay open if they don't run your big, you know, Disney, MCU, whatever, blockbuster movies? You know, do you know what I mean? It's like the cinemas are are in a relatively healthy state at the moment, I think, in terms of uh, money making. Because there was a really dodgy period about maybe about 10, 15 years ago when loads of cinemas are closing down and, you know, people worried about the, the old schools, you know, uh, like attendance numbers are down and stuff like that. But as far as I know, I could be wrong about this, by the way. So, yeah. Well, that, that's a fascinating point because wouldn't it be technically, I mean, from what Dan has said about the, the sort of the big blockbusters, couldn't that be the reason why cinemas are in a healthy place? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you take that away, then you're not going to get as many people flocking to the cinema for these small, lower-budget indie movies. But also, the thing about what you were saying, Dan, I kind of don't get why Disney are sort of being blamed for the summer blockbuster when they've just... they've been there. It's been a thing for 30, 40 years. Do you know what I mean? Like, if it's not Transformers... Yeah, but it's not a blame thing. I no, just no, but it, that's it, not specifically your comment. It's in terms of like other yeah. people that have sort of attacked this sort of model, basically. And I didn't mean to label you as that person, but like there's a lot of people that will say, how is this going to help the independent filmmaker? And it's like, but yeah, hang on. But like Pacific Rim, uh, Transformers, there's a whole host of these summer blockbusters that have just, they've existed pre, again, that word monopoly. But I guess... They, I guess the problem, though, is that when you look at Disney and the number the number of uh, companies they have bought up, you start to then go, okay, so, you know, whereas before Disney might do one blockbuster in the summer or two, now because they've bought up so many studios, they'll be looking at maybe four or five 
blockbusters that's solely owned by them and, and put out by them. I guess that would mm. that would be the argument or that would be the concern, not the concern argument, whatever, however you want to put it. I guess that would be the that would be where that comment's coming from, really. Yeah, I've just, while we were talking, I just looked up the highest grossing movies of 2019 and the top, t- out of the top 10, five of them, including spots one and two, are Disney. So that's, yeah, wow, that is, see, there, you there you go, argument made. <laughs> Mickey, <laughs> that's the end of the podcast. Mickey, Mickey's, got, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Mickey's got to buy that <laughs> cheese. Mickey's got to buy that cheese, man. <laughs> I, I, think, yeah, I think to offer almost... Um, a slight antidote to this dominance, although obviously they are now soon to be getting a major piece of this action. It does feel a lot of um, a lot of the more interesting independent filmmaking and the the newer, more original films are coming to streaming services. So it's mm-hmm. almost as if, um, partly, I think, in a, in reaction to that. I mean, TJ, you mentioned Scorsese. I mean, his film. Uh, the Irishman, which is incredibly got a massive amount of critical critical acclaim, they they couldn't a a they couldn't get funding to make it to mm. start off with, and even even when they they made it uh, via uh, funding from Netflix, they couldn't get a decent distribution deal. So it's got very very limited. Well, and it's got like a three. Three weeks run in the cinema before it comes on Netflix. Well, they, well, I just said, yeah. yeah, but some of that is a bit more political because uh, it, they've had to do the cinema run so that it qualifies for the Academy Awards, and also certain cinemas won't play it because of their feud with Netflix. So it's it's yes. sort of, it's yeah, it is more. But it's almost count that it's almost a counterproductive argument because if they just got the funding in the first place, they wouldn't have had to turn to Netflix. Right, right. And I find it quite strange that someone like Martin Scorsese. I mean, it, this this apparently this script, this film, has been around for a fair amount of time. He's been trying to get it. Yeah, but um, it's also not about it. turning to Netflix in terms of oh, if they couldn't get funding, they had to turn to Netflix. I mean, Netflix offered them a hell of a lot of money, like a hell of a lot of money. So, it, and that's and the I, I budget think, that they have. Yeah, and that also goes into like like you're saying, where you've got like the big streaming sites like your Netflix, like your Amazon Prime's. They're investing super, super, super heavily into original content. Um, yeah. you know, whether it's feature films, TV, uh, like TV style, uh, sorry, series programming, that sort of stuff. So, and I think that gap between the production levels for cinema and TV, they've been closing for for years now, from uh, for a long, long time, and they're getting so well, much closer. Budgets now, don't they? Which yeah. is incredible. So, so you know that gap's that gap's closing massively, and I think I'm not saying cinema old school cinema or traditional cinema is in jeopardy from streaming sites. But in terms of what you can get um, in terms of original content available for your sites like your Netflix and your uh, Amazon primes, and now, you know, your Disney pluses, Apple plus TV, whatever it's called, you know, that, that the quality of um, production on, on for, for those sites compared to cinema is, you know, tiny now. Um, so, you know, I think that the, the world's changing thing, you know, I, especially like what people view as being 
traditional cinema, not to harp on to Scorsese's comments and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, I think that the world's changing in such a way that I think we need to kind of throw out those ideas, or well, not throw out, but rethink our ideas of what is, you know, cinema and what's entertainment and in terms of big movies or big productions or blockbusters, all that kind of stuff is changing so rapidly. So, yeah. I agree. And I, and I think at the moment, coming back to the Star Wars versus the MCU argument is for, for whatever reason, uh, and I, I know it, I mean, it's literally been over, you know, over a decade, they've, they've been producing these films, but I think they, they found a formula. They found the actors, they found the producers, the writers, the directors, they, they seem to, um, have managed without, with very little interference from Disney themselves, um, the whole kind of Marvel u- universe and all the films therein, that they, they just created uh, an impenetrable formula that which they, they've just kept going. And because they've continuously been successful, there's been, you know, there's been little interference. Whereas it feels with Star Wars, um, because in a sense, they, they bought, the the property from Lucasfilm and they pretty much pushed George Lucas to one side or at least the scripts he'd written at least the bulk of his ideas I I know he has had involvement but it feels like they they, for whatever reason um, not so much the talent involved I I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with the actresses Um, so the actors and actresses and all the people that uh, involved with the actual films themselves, but certainly the directors, the producers, and you know the, the various kind of heads of Disney who have continuously uh, been interfering, and you know so so many people get you know getting sacked and directors leaving and, and th- multiple versions of scripts. I think um, I think the biggest difference between this, the Disney situation, no, sorry, the Star Wars situation and the Marvel situation is is purely down to one man. I think that's Kevin Foggy. I think if the if Lucasfilm had a Kevin Foggy, uh, someone that had, because uh, for whatever reason, like you know, obviously he's a big he's a big Marvel fan anyway, but whatever magic he has. That has been able that has enabled him to create what he has with the MCU. Yeah, um, they've they wanted they wanted to recreate that magic for Star Wars for the Star Wars franchise. I know that much, but sadly, they just didn't have the right person to be able to do that or to have that uh, cohesiveness or that creative vision. Um, so it's all just they didn't have the time, I think, because. The good thing about MCU is um, had time to develop. It, yeah, yeah, it, it developed quite quite slowly. I mean, people people don't sort of realize that there were quite a few missteps and things that weren't, you know, they they didn't need to be brilliant because I think there there wasn't much. It's um, a pretty low bar to be to begin with. Was, yeah, exactly. It was, it was a very low bar, and I think they 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 managed to find their feet. Whereas because the prequels for Star Wars were, you know, less than critically well received, depending on what generation you are, depending on, you know, when you grew up, I think 
the the level of expectation to turn Star Wars into this, you know, it, it, into what it was what it was when it first began, uh, was such a burden that it was kind of inevitable that they they weren't going to get this right. Um, because I think, you know, being even though I'm a Star Wars fan myself, I'm you know I'm sure three of us are. I know that. Star Wars fans have got so much expectation and it feels like they've been screwed over because they, you know, they hated the prequels. They hated everything that kind of, you know, has been happening with the franchise for so long. Toxic fandom. It is is a real toxic fandom. And I think, um, yeah, it it was always going to be hit and miss. I mean, you know, Rogue One was probably, I don't know, it's one of my favourite Star Wars films. It's the fourth, you know, it's the, it's almost like the fourth, um, you know, I know it's a prequel to the to the original trilogy. It feels like it's part of that. Star that. Wars Zero or whatever. Yeah, Star Wars Zero. It's, it's part of that. Hmm. Whereas I think, um, you know, the the other films, I I, I don't want to go go into them, but they, yeah, they've been they've been massively hit and miss, and the, the the issue is that they let people have a free reign um, on what Star Wars is and should be. Look, looking at the the kind of foundations, the milestones, the, the you know the, the things that make up what the fans like about the Star Wars. Uh, for whatever reason, Disney saw fit to rewrite some of the rules, rewrite some of those milestones, and just redo it. Um, in in a different way, and and you always, no, no matter how good or bad that is to 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 someone who's um, not a rabid Star Wars fan, it was always going to cause problems because you're resurrecting the past for a start. You're 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 reinterpreting that. You're you're trying to expand that mythos for a new audience, and you're just never going to get it right. You either try and serve the existing fan base. Um, and hope that uh, a new fan base will just come along for the ride. But as soon as you try and, you know, create a new audience as as well as keeping the old audience happy, it's just never going to work. I think um, Bob Iger sort of acknowledged that as well. Um, they There was a, a public comment about it where he had said that after the rise of Skywalker that there weren't going to be any more for a while. I think that they know that, their, this yeah, series of films yeah and i think it's gonna have a have a rethink and um it seems to have pulled the plug on ones that they had in development as well there was a kevin feige helmed star wars film which i don't know oh, no, that's still just... going ahead i think no it, it well it is or it I isn't i thought it, it was is. still going ahead yeah oh i, I heard yeah, it's just, that's the furthest down the line i think right. because they had the um Game, the Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's the uh, right. Show yeah, they, they they pulled out. They, they pulled out, yeah. and then there's now doubts that Ryan Johnson's trilogy will go into production, uh, or at least I think a lot of these things are just going to be be delayed for a while. While, mm. as you say, while they kind of rethink uh, their strategy. Um, you, you mentioned earlier, I think, or I think all of us in, in passing mentioned about the. Uh, new streaming service uh, that Disney is going to be putting out. And um, I was doing a little bit of research into some of the new 
streaming services that are coming out next year. And there's actually probably more than you think there are. And obviously streaming services are now big business. But if you're a bit pissed off with the uh, amount of additional choice and the amount of additional money you're going to have to spend on stuff, uh, I'll just go through a couple of the new ones that are coming. So obviously Apple TV Plus coming in November. Um, Disney Plus also coming in November. In the UK, it's coming in uh, end of March, I believe. It's launching. Um, we've also got HBO Max, which is going to be May next year. Um, so that's I think that's also going to cover a lot of the Warner content as well. Oh, wow. uh, there's a service called Peacock, which is um, NBC Universal. And they are going to be doing reboots of Saved by the Bell and Battlestar Galactica. I'm subscribing fun. immediately. Apparently, yeah, they're doing a revival of Saved by the Bill, Battlestar Galactica, and Punky Brewster. As one show. A bit oh, weird from religion. Yes, a mash, mashup <laughs> of uh, those three shows. Saved by the Bell in space with Punky oh, Brewster yeah. as a Cylon. <laughs> um <laughs> There's um, another one, Queeby, which is um, going to have, it says here, Spielberg's After Dark, um, uh, The Fugitive, a couple other things as well. Um, There's already hundreds in America, isn't there? Because I was watching, I can't remember it, um, I was watching a, a podcast about it where they literally listed how much it would cost you as it's everything. Yeah, if, if you actually subscribe to all the various different streaming services in America. Um, yeah, it, it, it it's phenomenal because you, you think of, well, over here we have, you know, Sky, Virgin Media and BT. Hmm. And the whole point of that is you, you know, you, you pay get for... everything, yeah. You, know, you get everything and you, you know. But that... I don't think the, the two things can can, co- can coexist. You can't you can't have a you know a TV service which has hundreds of custom channels that you buy, and also another you know series of streaming services that have hundreds of mm. custom. Well, that's not custom, but you know each of them has a different offering because there's there's BritBox, isn't there as well? Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, this which is- four have now um, agreed yeah. to sell their content on that. Well, this is going to be my question to you guys. Like, obviously, you both subscribe to various streaming sites um, because we all follow uh, the law here. None of us uh, pirate anything illegally. And um, <laughs> I just wondered which <laughs> which um, which sites do you guys currently um, pay for via subscription? And which ones are you going to take up and are you going to drop any uh, in the brave new world going forward on your radar? So Imran, you go first. What are you currently subscribing to and are you going to drop any of those for anything uh, um, going forward? I currently have Netflix. I subscribe to Netflix and the WWE Network. And that's that's it at the moment. Um, I would absolutely love to get my hands on Disney Plus but I think I, we've spoke we spoke about this before it's not apparently currently going to be available for people with a fire stick so unless my TV dies and I get a brand new smart TV which has the apps all there 
um i'm i'm gonna be unable i i I, like you could just i could watch it on my laptop but i have no desire to watch you know mcu movies etc etc through you know my laptop so but as of my sort of in terms of answering your question i have every intention of subscribing to disney plus as soon as it's available however one i do have one gripe about it in that i just i wanted sort of from an mcu catalog i just wanted everything to be there but it isn't they've kind of got like i think about five or six maybe mcu movies but they're not even in like in order Endgame is is going to be there which is obviously to entice people immediately but then it's like iron man 2 or something <laughs> is on there and then another film yeah. from the middle and it's like why would you just randomly pick you know like a selection with, is that to do with licensing though because i know th- i think part of the reason why they're taking so long to launch in the uk is because of licensing issues or contract issues they've got with like sky and stuff like that because there's like a sky disney channel and maybe they have to wait for that contract to expire before they can really i don't know it might it might i would i would assume that's the only like the i would assume the reason why they wouldn't have anything on disney plus would be because the distribution rights are somewhere else for the time being but eventually those will lapse and then they'll be able to bring everything into that would that, that I think that's how I would that's how I understand right. it. Well, I guess that isn't that is a uh, it's sort of I guess because of those things, it's not going to make me an, an immediate subscriber. And also, I'm just I'm salivating at the idea of the upcoming MCU TV shows. Uh, but again, mm. they're not going to come. The first one I think is Bucky and um, uh, uh, well, the new Captain America. So, uh, but that's not due for Win- like a uh, year. Soldier, yeah. Yeah, right, so that's yeah. not due for like a year. So, um, but I'd, yes, I, I absolutely plan on, on subscribing to Disney Plus, and that's sort of the only one on my radar at the moment. What about uh, yourself, Mister Dan? So I have um, Amazon Prime and Netflix. I, I think one of the biggest issues is Netflix. I, I remember there's there a lot of rumors that Netflix were going to put up their prices because they are investing huge amounts of money. Now, you could argue with Apple TV and uh, Disney Plus or whatever it's called um, coming soon, um, that will keep prices down. But it kind of stands to reason that there will come a time that some of these services are going to have to put their prices up um, in order to justify the investment. So... It's going to be interesting to see who survives, really. Uh, I don't think BritBox will survive. I just can't see it. Um, I think, I mean, I don't know if you're talking about old UK TV content. It it depends if if channels like UK Gold and Dave and all those sort of things disappear as a result. But yeah, it's all about cost because at the moment, you know, it's between, I don't know, eight or 10 pounds a month. If suddenly these services start creeping up in cost and you're like, you know, £15 a month for each service and then, you know, it it, it, it also depends on what, how will the other dependencies fade? I mean, do, do you just stop having Sky, BT or Virgin Media and just saying, well, you know what, I'm just going to have a smart TV and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to watch, um, purely streaming content because I, I would argue that 
70% of what I consume is probably streaming content. I don't think, um, you know, it's not to say that, that BBC and ITV do actually, and Channel 4 still put out, you know, some good TV series, you know, especially drama. Um, but yeah, it, it feels like, you know, we, we could get to a um, scenario, a reality where we all just, you know, we, we stop all these various kind of semi-terrestrial uh, subscriptions um, that we all have and then start just, you know, we exist purely within the world of um, on-demand streaming. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip back to what you said about Netflix raising their prices. And I, th- I actually think the the more, more likely scenario will be because, like you say, you've got Disney Plus and HBO, uh, not HBO, um, Apple uh, plus coming in at such much lower price points than Netflix is charging at the moment. I think yeah. they're going actually going to look at their tiering system and also look at, because you know, like if you've got a Netflix account, you can have an X amount of extra people that use the same account depending on, and a, and a number of devices. I think they're going to be yeah. more restrictive with that as opposed to raising the price which in theory would then push more people to get Netflix accounts, but I'm not quite sure that would actually um, translate that way. But so do you know what I mean? So like at the moment in our house, we just have one Netflix, my Netflix account and my girlfriend uses that. Um, but I think they're going to try and push so that we have individual Netflix accounts and we both pay a subscription um, because they will reduce the amount of devices or the level of access that we can get to, to view their content. I think that's the most likely scenario that they'll they'll try and do. Well, they're, they're talking about that now, but I think that's only because so many other services are coming and they can't afford to put their prices up um, too high. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, interestingly, I don't know what your opinions on Amazon Prime is. I mean, I think if, if Amazon Prime didn't come with free delivery yeah. or you know, kind of faster delivery or whatever... I'm not sure I would have it because I, I, I think, don't get me wrong, there have been some fantastic TV series. I mean, I've just, you know, I think the last one I watched on there uh, was The Boys, which mm. was amazing. But in terms of the ratio of how many good TV series there are on Amazon Prime versus Netflix, it's probably like five to one, mm. um, maybe six to one, maybe worse. And I think that that's going to prove difficult because if, if I, I kind of look at already what's coming from um, Apple and from, um, you know, the, the, the Disney streaming service, and they've got way more content than Amazon Prime could ever dream of. Mm-hmm. So it might be that, you know, they're one of the first to, well, they're, they're either going to have to change what they, they offer because I find Amazon Prime's hilarious, also because you think, "Oh, great! They've got this. They've got they've got this anime. They've got this movie." And you're like, "Oh, yeah, but I have to pay for that." Oh, you know what I mean? They they, yeah. they offer, not all of it's available in Prime. Yeah, yeah, it's really it's a really strange system. You think, well, okay, so there, there's there's excellent number of TV series that they have, which isn't usually that that much. And a few odd older things, but most most of their content you have to pay for. So it's like, hmm. are you? Is it? 
are you definitely sure that they're because they, I know Amazon like have been investing a lot, quite heavily in their original content as well. So I mean, I thought that they had a lot more of their own stuff that they were investing in than um, they're, they're than people, but that people don't like actually realize. I think that, I think there might be more on there than perhaps we any of us realize that um, in terms of their own stuff. But I could be wrong about that. But. No, 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 no. I think I think you are. There are there, there's definitely more original stuff on there. It just doesn't tend to be as good, hmm. or at least doesn't tend to be as watched. Yeah, yeah. Which is a weird, weird scenario. Um, maybe it's just there's not as many subscribers. There's not as much word of mouth. But hmm. yeah, there, there. I can't remember. There was something that someone told me about the other day. There was a TV series that they said was really good, and I, I kind of looked it up on Amazon Prime, and I'm like, I never heard of this. You know, where's mm. this all-star cast? And they, they they tend to drop, um, you know, quite um, decent films as well that they've done that are original, you know, um, you know, original concepts with big name actors. There's one with Steve Carell recently, and I was like, oh, okay, I didn't know that existed. But, yeah, I think something's not quite right with the, the overall – uh, marketing and word of mouth of um, Amazon Prime at the moment, and mm. I don't know if that is just because there's so many more people that um, go to Netflix, um, and even people that have Prime maybe don't, you know, they don't don't watch it as often. Mm. I mean, I, I get messages, I get emails, I get things when I'm when I'm looking when I'm buying stuff and they're like, Oh, you know, yeah. Why didn't you watch this, you know, push this. And, and it's like, my God, you're, 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 you're trying to push me to use a service that I own, which is quite weird when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same with Amazon prime. I generally um, keep it because you get the speedy deliveries, but uh, free deliveries. But um, I, yeah, I think the last thing I probably watched and it was preacher. Um, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched The Boys yet, but it's on my list of uh, things to watch. But yeah, outside of that, I've also got Netflix, WWE Network, uh, and we've got Sky as well. Um, but I think going forward, uh, definitely going to get Disney+. Plus. Um, apparently the HBO Max thing, we might get free as part of our Sky package because of HBO's links with Sky Atlantic. So I think you might get um, some level of access to that for free, which would be quite nice. Um, and I think if Sky are smart, they'll try and do more of that sort of thing if they can. Like strike up deals with some of the streaming services and try and find a way to get them to operate within within that, their um, subscription model and then um, try and um, stop that fragmentation of the market. So, in this country, anyway, I don't know. Like, like you say, the US there's like five million services out there. So, um, I think it's worth. It would make sense. Yeah, it would make sense because if you think, I mean, when I first, I think when I first started watching Netflix, I was watching it through. I uh, it wasn't through like a, um, a laptop or a mm. tablet it was actually through a set-top box because mm. you can get it you know you can get it that way i mean now i tend to i do it through the smart tv and other devices but yeah it, it would make sense that 
some of some of the the kind of existing services just decide decide to make that that app and that content part of that service um rather than you know forcing everyone to 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 get that stand alone and just you know the cost just never end Dan did you answer are you going to get disney plus um uh, possibly oh. like i think i don't know if i'd have it as well as amazon um but potentially i think i think um i mean obviously i want to see the mandalorian um and i'm quite intrigued uh to see what the the you know the the marvel tv series uh are like when they go there i mean there's there's even talk that they might resurrect things like daredevil and jessica jones and things like that with with the same yeah, I think there's a very good chance you'll see them. Re- yeah, I think you'll see them. Maybe not the full series, uh, but I think you will see those characters and those actors, actresses, um, kind of reappear um, in other shows. Apparently, is what yeah, I'm I've down heard. with that. that. That would make me. That would definitely make me um, subscribe to that hmm. that service. I think. Wonderful. I think we just solved it. Cool. Another problem. we're just knocking these things out this is very cool yeah um yeah this has been us assessing disney uh did we solve anything having said that no well i think we we just worked out that we just worked out that mickey just needs all the cheddar and um that's it basically just cheddar 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 yeah so much cheese i want cheese now (laughs) <laughs> it was getting weird. Did you remember Demolition Man, the film? Yes, awesome yes. film. Do you know? When they, talk, um, they they talk about the franchise wars. Oh and, yeah, uh, I mean, it sounded like World War Taco, Three. Yeah, and Taco Bell won, so you can only eat Taco Bell. Oh God! In the well, you're only going to be able to watch MCU and Star Wars films in the future. Which, quite frankly, I'm right with. <laughs> I don't care what you all say. Just give me my comic books and my sci-fi Star Wars lightsaber nonsense. What a scary thought. I mean, who owns... I mean, when we, when we talk about things like Fast and Furious, who owns that? Uh, Fast and Furious, I think, is... Is that, no, is it is it Univer- I think it's Universal. That was on Hobbs and Shaw was one of the list on the list of the top ten most grossing, biggest grossing movies of the year. It was distributed by yes. Universal. So they're not in the in the net yet. They're not oh, okay for now. <laughs> Wait till Ke- Kevin Foggy is just like, hmm, I wonder what I can do with that Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring that into the MCU. Oh, no. I mean, I did on on, on a. Personal level, um, I've forgotten his name now. Who's the guy who, um, who who owns? Uh, basically, he's the director of Star Wars, Star Trek, Lost. JJ Abrams. Oh, JJ JJ Abrams. Yeah, JJ. I mean, it, it, it get a bit ridiculous when it was like every every major franchise. Oh, let's just give it to JJ Abrams <laughs> to. Do a very mild, mildly okay version of. I heard he did um, an episode of EastEnders. It was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm that's just, good. You know that that was a pretty epic episode. But this oh. is like Brian Cranston uh, being in Murder She Wrote. Amazing. <laughs> did that actually happen? Oh, actually, or... they should get. It did. Oh, yeah. Really? Nice. They should get uh, Michael Bay to do an episode of Coronation Street. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Tell me that wouldn't be lit as. Oh, no. <laughs> it would be hilarious, though. <laughs> or um, Scorsese to do Hollyoaks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough of this fancy booking. It's going to get silly. <laughs> <laughs> Armchair A&R over. So yeah. <laughs> well, we've never done that before. Cool. Uh, well, thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of... Um, uh, I've gone blank. Uh, <laughs> Close Encounters. There you go. So I had all these, I had all these names and brands. Right, I nearly said Taco Bell at one point. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Another episode, episode of, of Disney Plus. Wait, no. Yes. Oh. Uh, Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind. Once again, uh, your company as always has been massively appreciated. And uh, please feel free to visit us at uh, foreverinelectricdreams.com. Thank you very much for tuning in, friends. We're all waving uh, through the airwaves and saying goodbye. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed. Just remember what your past said Boy, you got a friend in me Yeah, you've got a friend in me You got a friend in me You got a friend in me You got trouble And I got them too there isn't anything we wouldn't do for you. We stick together, see it through, cause you've got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. Some other folks might be a little bit smarter than I am, big and stronger too. Maybe, but none of them will ever love you the way I do. It's me and you, boy And as the years go by A friendship will never die You're gonna see it's our destiny You got a friend in me You got a friend in me